Welcome to Counterintelligence. This is Eric LeVay. Today's episode is the first interview I ever recorded with Forensic News investigative journalist Scott Stedman in April of 2019. Thanks to Patreons Dana Berry, Andre Dunka, William Healy, Angela Jackson, Zacharias Zeskor-Kaminsky, Sasha Millstone, Craig Pierce, Greg Schneider, and Jason Zimmerman. Scott Stedman, welcome to the Muller Time Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Scott, I really pre- I know you had a really long day, so I just want to thank you again for coming out here and uh, making your way down to Hollywood. Yeah, man, no problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, and I want to real quick uh, thank Spaces for uh, giving us the awesome studio space. They uh, really hooked it up, so... Um, Use Spaces, everyone. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Scott, the book is called Real News. It came out, what, yesterday? Yesterday morning, yep. So uh, I know we were just joking about how to summarize the a book like this, but can you, for if, let's say someone just real news, just hearing about it, can you tell us about it? Sure. Yeah. So real news is a compilation of eighteen months of my research into the Trump Russia investigation. Um, I sort of laid it out in a few different sections where my focus was and where I did most of my work. Um, so the first, first chapter, I guess you want to call it, it's not really chapters, it's more chunks, um, chunks of stories. The first one that I wrote about is the Trump Tower Moscow deal. Um, and my contribution to that was basically looking into the Russian side of things, um, the Russian money behind that. Um, the second part is the two secret meetings in Trump Tower in 2016. The first one, of course, being with the Russian lawyer, which we all know about <laughs> we sure very do. well. Yep. Um, and the second one is a meeting that's not often talked about that I think is perhaps the most important meeting of, uh, of the 2016 election with Donald Trump Jr. and Joel Zamel of Psy Group, which is a, um, an Israeli social media manipulation company that was pitching their plans to uh, to the Trump campaign, basically saying we can we can create a bunch of bots and fake news online and help support Trump. Um, so that's what that meeting was about, and we don't really know what what if anything came of that. But yeah. Scott, you're um, you're 23 years old. Mm-hmm. So how did you get on the road to becoming an investigative journalist who already has his own book out? Yeah, it's kind of an uh, unorthodox story. Um, I started my senior year of college at UC Irvine. Um, and my first article came out uh, just days after the Papadopoulos, the first indictment of the Russia, the Papadopoulos in- indictment. Um, and I was finding things on uh, open source information, just in general, foreign uh, foreign press reports, various pictures and documents. Um, and I was able to basically prove that... Uh, Papadopoulos wasn't the coffee boy that everyone's saying, um, and that the media kind of just took and just accepted. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, he didn't do too much. And yep. I was like, wait a second, I can yep. find like I can find this stuff fairly easily just by looking. You know what open else? Source. I was yeah. going to tell you too. I think he lives in this neighborhood. I'm pretty sure yeah, he does. He's yeah. in uh, Beverly Hills. George, if you want to stop by, yeah, we can. And, and, and Simona, right? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, and we'll, we'll tell uh, we'll tell the podcast about that uh, that yeah. humorous aspect. Uh, yeah, I, I was hoping. Um, you know, I, I know that they. Um, well, we all know that George likes to drink a little bit from yeah. um, from, <laughs> from his uh, encounter with the Australian <laughs> official where he spilled the dirt. So I messaged him a few times, and I was like, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to you, and I, and I don't like whoever comes on the show gets my utmost respect. Anybody, even someone I, I well, I whatever, I, w- I would never put somebody in a position. I re- um, I'd want to hear their side of the story as, you know, yeah. you want to be respectful to uh, who they are and just he- hear what they have to say. So I've been hoping at one of the bars I'll run into them, but anyway, <laughs> I haven't. And I'm, it's funny cause I just never thought about it, but in, in effect, I'm trying to mirror what happened to him with that Alexander Downer. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that's to, right. yeah, I mean, in effect, so yeah, bump elbows with him and maybe he'll tell you liquor is the, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's deadly. So you were saying, <laughs> So yeah, you said that basically you um, it, it started the road to real news. Your book started with Papadopoulos, and you're mm-hmm. wondering, wh- say that again, wh- why no one was covering this aspect? Yeah, so that was the big thing for me. It's like I uh, the, the Papadopoulos indictment came out. I found that I'm being careful in my interviews not to not to uh, 
slander the media of too course, much because of Trump, you know, what tr- Trump says is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The press is amazing for the most part and essential to what we do as Americans. Um, but I found that with the Trump Russia investigation um, specifically, the media kind of strayed away from investigative journalism at its core mm-hmm. um, and were more focused on clickbaity headlines. Um, and also just a little bit of like not holding the Trump team's feet to the fire at all with their claims. Um, and before I even wrote anything about Papadopoulos, like I sent 90% of what I found to a bunch of news organizations trying to get them to like, listen. Really? Yeah. And, uh, either no response or, um, you know, we'll look into it further. And so that was kind of like the, you know. The turning point for me, like, all right, and I just it, gonna start a blog then, I guess. It's hard to, I mean, I, I, it's obviously hard to keep track of this, but I mean, so basically, just, I mean, just for my own kind of edification, once once the campaign started to distance himself, you're saying, and again, I'm I'm with you, like, I mm-hmm. the journalists are the heroes of the day and 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 um, media, mm-hmm. but you're saying that no one really called them on the coffee boy thing, that he was just nobody, right? That was my sort of foot in the door moment, yeah. Um, n- not only did they not do the research, just, <laughs> I don't want to speak no, no, so no, broadly. No, 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 it's, it's yeah. Just. They didn't do the research, uh, in my view properly, uh, to cover the story. Michael Caputo was the one that said, um, he was the coffee boy and yeah. they kind of just let that roll. Huh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is garbage. Um, so yeah, that was my first foray into it. And I was doing that, you know. Midnight to three AM after wow after midterms and <laughs> oh. everything else. Is there any? Yeah, I mean, not to stay on that topic, but mm-hmm. do you have any idea why it was getting overlooked by the, the bigger the big organizations? I have theories. Um, I mean, we hear like Bernie talk about it all the time, but all these news organizations are owned by five or six conglomerates. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, an insane structure right now where clicks equals money. Right. And they're a business. They have to make money. Yeah. Um, and so I guess what I'm kind, kind of trying to do is make like make documents and real investigative journalism something that people are interested in. Right. And that's like I'd like to say one of the things or the things I try to bring up on this show in, in the time we live in is that everybody needs to be playing their part in um, – stopping what's happening and, and, um, standing up for, for this country. And that's what I was thinking about when I'm like, so there you are. It's not like you have the budget of like the New York times. You, you rely on basically from, from, I assume wherever you live, you did all this from, from home and and your, and your phone. Yeah. Right. Um, at least at the beginning for Uh, sure. Yeah. The first uh, six months or so. Um, a lot of it, man, it was just like, almost cold calling <laughs> right literally like i sent um not to talk about the papadopoulos thing all day but my uh one of my first moves there was i sent emails to like 30 embassies and consulates around the world mm-hmm. and just said hey did you guys have uh interactions with papadopoulos during the campaign right just tr- trying to establish what he was doing i guess during the 2016 campaign and a couple of them got back to me and were like yeah <laughs> like the uk for example that was one of my you know Yep. My first break, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, the UK said, yeah, we had like a, a working level meeting with just George and our foreign minister team mm-hmm. um, in, in 2016. And that was uh, an important meeting. So, so yeah, a lot of it was just like cold calling and just doing some boring, <laughs> not boring, but like right. deep, deep in the weeds. Well, that's, that's, um, that's what it is, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty much what investigative journalism is. Uh, it's, a, it's what it should be, I think. It, and when you did that, how did you, uh, how did you present yourself? This uh, That's how, a good question. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, I definitely played up the student angle for a long time, even after college. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, yeah, I'm a student writer, and I think people are more eager to. Scott, I'm still doing that, so I can get discounts. <laughs> and I've been out of college over t- a bit. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely played that up. Um, yeah. You used my age to my advantage, okay, and also, but like. People are more more willing to talk than you think, especially if you like build a rapport with them a little bit, even if you don't agree with what they're saying. You don't have to be like 
over flattering them but you know sure act like a normal human being and they'll respect you i learned that in this show i mean i've only been we've only been doing muller time a year and a half i just mm-hmm. i you're right i mean a lot of it is just hey do you want to do you want to talk to me and you, there's only two answers yes or no basically exactly and, or and and then it's amazing like you said a lot of people just say yes mm-hmm. and from the journalist side of things like start on backgrounds everyone's comfortable with that <laughs> no your name's not going to be t- come on right right and then after you know months go by months go by they they reconsidered maybe yeah maybe i will put my name to this maybe it's time and people so basically you were looking into this and then according to your book uh you had about one one person uh, the uk the uk back. was the big one yeah okay Yep, and they wrote back and said that he had some. He he wasn't just some coffee boy, right? And he exactly, and then it went from there. Yeah, and then along with the UK email, there was a lot of uh, pictures in foreign media of him meeting with President of Cyprus, and um, can't think of the others off the top of my head. Sure. But there's pictures and 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 meetings from that. Is is he? Because um, there was a lot about Greek. Is he? Is he? A, is he American born or is he? Yeah, he's born in Chicago. But okay, his, uh, grandparents, I think. Yeah, extended families in in Greece. I think, and and honestly, I, I he's a very. Um, he's all right, man. It's it's yeah. just like he. <laughs> I don't want to talk right. shit on him, but he, no, no, he, he's he's no. The you're not the word grifter. Yeah. is just so prevalent. Yeah, and I hate. I, I don't know. no, it's 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 you know because you got your. Simone is worse to me, but like <laughs> that shit, that shit got real for a little bit. You know, when I was, when I was re- first learning about him. So I, I mean, to me it was pretty clear. It's just, and again, it's not about, um, talking whatever. It's just what it is that mm-hmm. it's a person. And that goes for a lot of the campaign people who never would have been within a thousand yards of a presidential campaign. And that, that moment came. And the one talent that grifters have is they see a, a um, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a problem yeah. like with this whole investigation, the Trump team, especially the people on the not outside but like the Carter Page, the mm. George Papadopoulos, like this that foreign affairs team, a lot of them make themselves seem more important than they are. Right. So like for example, uh Carter Page wrote that he was a informal advisor to the Kremlin. Um right. Time magazine came out with that like last year. Um, was that true or or was that just him trying to make himself seem, you know, and that's, that's a lot of these things like, Hey, Mm -hmm. George told me this, he was working on this, blah, blah, blah. Is that just him running his mouth and saying, you know, I'm more important. Look at me. (laughs) And a lot of it is that's, you know, that is the case. And that's the job of, uh, investigative journalists like yourself and also an investigator, a criminal investigator to figure out who's, you know, are you talking yourself up or are you, yeah. Because I have a feeling a lot of those guys, once they're on the hot seat, probably are like, no, no, wait, I was just... Exactly. Like when <laughs> wait. when Roger Stone gets to trial, he's going to be like, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> I didn't believe any of that. Or um, Felix Sater, who has yes. the business card, right? Yep. And then... Sater's interesting. I love Sater. Yeah. As a as a study, no, you know, yeah. as a human case study. Yeah. So, and for everybody, Felix Sater, who is a, um, I, you know, I... Now that I think about it, you're right. I mean, he really might be. This guy might be the most interesting character in this I'd whole say thing. So. You think so? Yeah, he has such an interesting background. Yeah, he started with his father was in the Russian mafia, mm-hmm. worked for Mogilevich, which is the main mob boss of of all mob bosses. The boss of bosses. Yeah, um, and that's you know that's uh, recorded in FBI documents. Yeah. So that's. The, can't get around that right um Seder himself the son he was involved with wall street uh scams involving russians got into a bar fight which is infamous now stabbed mm-hmm. a dude in the face with a margarita <laughs> margarita glass yeah. um good guy yeah great guy but then after that he became this very important u.s asset which is right. like how how does that happen like have you been able to get any info on that? Like any? Not yet. Okay. I mean, a lot of it is coming from him. Okay. But there are like signed declarations from um, Loretta Lynch, for example, saying, "Yeah, Sater was a very valuable asset in in the fight against terrorism and, and money laundering." So, what is he doing around Trump in 2015 and 2016? Is is the question? That's a, and that's sort of I don't know if you um, if you read or if you know. Uh, Dark Alliance the, by Gary Webb. The, I've the, heard of it. Yeah, like 
that whole story where it, that's just a very American, if, if it's true, that's a very American thing that in, in that book, um, he discovered that basically this big shot, um, this has been a while since I read it, but basically the U.S. government needed him as a uh, informant, so they looked the other way that he was a major narcotics trafficker. And uh, that's just a very, it's a, I hate to say it, but it's sort of an American thing. And I, It is, it is. And, you know, good for Seder for doing that. It seems like he, he did a lot of good there. But, yeah. I mean, people fall back in their in their own ways. <laughs> so we... We, we can't really be sure. I guess the question would be is, did they overlook other activities that were, if he... Well, my, my question is, yeah. if he was an FBI asset when he partnered with Trump, um, 2010, uh, 20, what was it, 2008, 2010, Bayrock, mm. um, they built Trump Tower Soho together. Um, if he was an FBI asset then, we know there was all kind of money laundering right. flowing through Trump Soho. So why wasn't that ever dealt with? You know, if if he would, he was on the inside to, you know, get this information. It's a great question. Yeah. Now, so you had once you had um, you're chasing down the Papadopoulos investigation, and then you realize it's when did you when did you get to the point where I'm ready to write, like I'm ready to. It's pretty it. quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a political junkie, right? That's my mm-hmm. it's my degree at UCI. It's, I'm I'm in love with politics. I'm in love with the game. Um, UCI, everybody. Yeah. You UCI, can, where I did absolutely no campus activity, and I went home as soon as I could. <laughs> but a great school, and I, I loved it. <laughs> I, I guarantee you they're going to be putting you on the, the, the magazine if they haven't already. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, they love it. What was the question? Oh, it was... It was um, Papadopoulos. When you were ready to put it down in print. Yeah, so that it was a pretty quick process, especially because um, a lot of the first stories that I wrote were just based on uh, like Greek media reports. Um, so yeah, maybe just like a week. Had the info for a week. Indictment came down. They said he was a coffee boy. <laughs> I sewed everything up, and then I just sort of went for it. And where did you publish that initially? Just on Medium. On Medium. Yeah. yeah. I like Medium. It's. I mean, it worked. <laughs> worked for you. It works. Yeah. It's a. It's a cool platform. Um. Yeah. It's worked. And once you had that, so once it comes out on Medium, when did people start to notice it? Like, hey, what's this? Uh. I can I can shout out some names. Oh yeah, um, Seth Abramson, of course, was huge in the beginning. Um, and for all of his, I like Seth. I think he's a, he's done amazing work. Sure, um, but it 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 does get it does get a little overwhelming sometimes. Like the two hundred tweet threads and stuff. Scott, it's I'm, like we don't need. We I'm don't with you, that. man. I was just telling no, and it's like true. Like I, I, I think he's. I saw him on Bill Maher the other day. Yeah, me too. I love what he does, and I, I love this book. But I, yeah, I can't consume information that way. It's hard, especially for well, it's a very specific audience. Yeah, and I, I tried to write it a little bit differently, but uh, my book to where if you've never heard of the Russia investigation, you can pick it up and sort of understand some of the contours of it. Right, because that's. The, I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of the what's hard is that it's just so much. I mean, information. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you keep this stuff in your head or do you just not keep it in your head? <laughs> a lot of people ask me that. I don't really have like a, a yeah. tip or a trick. It's just, it's like immersion. It's been my life for the last year, certainly since I've been out of college. But um, yeah, just immersion and a lot of uh, a lot of bookmarks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's no... There's no whiteboard with a bunch of names on it. A true detective, like that's kind of what I pictured. Yeah, like yeah for, for you, like the big, you know, the the investigative uh, thing. So yeah, so so you, Seth Abramson and some other people were really helpful. And um, yeah, Anthony Zucker of BBC, okay. he actually wrote an article in the BBC that said he he picked up the uh, the Papadopoulos UK meeting hmm. and said this was first reported by. 21-year-old Scott Stedman. So that was big for me to be in the BBC mentioned. Shoot. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, it's like, I, it's like, I'm always been in the entertainment business a long time. And sometimes people ask me like, you know, should I go to film school or I never want to say no, but I, I do think that basically the way that you did it and the way I've gone about my career is like, just do it. Just <laughs> like, do just, it. Just exactly. do it. Yeah. I mean, what's, it. The, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> they say, they say no, they hang up on you. Right, right. Don't need you. (laughs) There there you go. 
Uh, yeah, your what was what was the reaction of your uh, family and friends when you got that first article out there? Like, I think everyone at first thought it was a hobby because that's kind of how I saw it. Like, sure. you know, I like this stuff. I I enjoy writing. You know, I wrote about baseball for a lot of many years. That's kind of how I started writing okay. online. Um, yeah, it was it was a hobby at first, and then once it started getting picked up, um kind of gains gains seriousness a little bit right it's like a snowball right just yeah and i love it now um don't know what the future's gonna hold but i like i like the work that i do yeah and since you brought that up now it's true for both of us but um and um if you do like the muller time podcast it's uh muller it's patreon.com backslash muller time i have some ideas by the way with me and you perhaps oh man i would just say say the word yeah We'll discuss it. Yes, that would be amazing. And but since it's very important, how do how do people support what you do? I mean, I usually do that at the end, but I mean, is there a way they can support you directly? Yeah, I have a um, well, buy the book. <laughs> you know, what? Yeah, of course, <laughs> that's that's number one. But I don't see any money from that for a long time. So, um, real news, real news. Yeah, um, I have a like a buy me a coffee, okay, sort of thing on my on my Twitter, but it's mostly just out of pocket, which is fine by me. You know, I. Made some money on the book, and I'm I'm willing to invest it back into the work I, for now. But actually, it's going to run out eventually. So <laughs> I actually bought two copies. So I was oh, trying good. To, Thank you. No, no, yeah, you're welcome. Because I I was getting the I'd like to read everything on ebook, but then I was like, wait a minute, even a day because the the print was out earlier, and I was like, I need even an extra day so I can be ready for this. Yeah. So I was like, let me go. Let me go to. I went out to Studio City. Okay. And I'm like, it's also funny by the way all the all the Trump Russia books are in, and a lot of them are red. Yeah, I know. I know. It was funny. I went to Barnes and Noble uh, the day before, two days ago, I guess. My days are jumbled. <laughs> I bet. Um, the day before release day, and one Barnes and Noble around me had it, had it early. Um, and the first thing I saw when I walked in was Deep State Target, George Papa. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, oh, great. It, and it's, it's like you said, like, we're not, we're honestly not, neither of us are trying to keep coming back to that, but it, yeah. it's, there's there's just so much okay i just since, wish since came, there, i yeah. wish there was some truth in it yeah because there's zero truth in what they say that's why i i've since since i've been doing this show i've I've learned how much you do walk a fine line when like like this is what i would call a interview where we're sort of on the same page but there's there's people there's sometimes where if something somebody maybe i don't agree with mm-hmm. and like i was watching it was, I think it was Ari Melber mm-hmm. and had, you know, George Papadopoulos is making the rounds and I see them walking that line, but you have to be so careful because you have, they have a huge platform and mm-hmm. these people are just, the guy pled guilty. Yes. He, I mean, so it's, we know what happened. I mean, we know some of what happened. He is a criminal. Let's start yeah. with that. I, 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 the guy who's like kind of like a legal advisor for this show, I said, mm-hmm. when he started coming out and saying all this stuff, I said, can he do that after mm-hmm. you? And he's like, yeah. He pled guilty and served his time. He can say whatever. Yeah, he's on he's on a probation period, but you got to do some serious stuff to invoke that. Um, a, yeah, it. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but it almost seems like I don't know. Couldn't you write that into an agreement? Like, once you serve your time, at least for a bit, you can't just say that the yeah. U.S. government is just it's, bullshit. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, probably can't talk too much about this, but mm. I know something they were looking into after he got released. Uh, they being um, congressional and, and federal authorities, um, and this was more Simona actually okay. was possible witness tampering because they were going after they were they were going after a few of my sources really hard, wow. and very very um, directly <laughs> publicly. Wow! So it was interesting. Like if you see some of the private messages they were sending to uh, family members of George, it's it's wild. Yeah, it sounds like they have kind of this uh, reality type um, show going on in the background, which, which apparently there's really good shit on that. Like there's a uh, Simona in handcuffs. The cops got called. So, oh, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds interesting. This episode of Counterintelligence from Forensic News is brought to you by IT Pro TV. 
start or grow your IT career with online IT training from IT Pro TV. And we have a special offer for counterintelligence from Forensic News listeners. A seven-day free trial and save 30% off all plans. A recent MIT study found that IT occupations have grown by 19.5% between 2004 and 2019. That's more than eight times the growth rate than for other jobs over the past decade. While earnings growth for those with college degrees has somewhat flattened since 2000, earnings have actually grown significantly for individuals working in IT. It's never too late to start a new career in IT or move up the ladder, and IT Pro TV has you covered, from CompTIA and Cisco to EC Council and Microsoft. More than 4,000 hours of on-demand training, engaging hosts present information in a talk show format. They're live every day, and shows go studio to web in 24 hours. Courses are conveniently listed by category, certification, and job role. Stream IT Pro TV courses live and on-demand worldwide via Chromecast, Roku, Apple TV, PC, or their iOS or Android app. Learn IT, pass your certs, and get a great job with IT Pro TV. Visit itpro.tv counter for a seven-day free trial and 30% off all plans. Use promo code counter at checkout. That's itpro.tv counter and use promo code counter at checkout. itpro.tv counter and use promo code counter at checkout to try it free for seven days and save 30% off all plans. So yeah, and, and just since you brought up, so so uh, Simona Papadopoulos is the wife of George Papadopoulos, the uh, first person uh, arrested in the Mueller investigation. Is she Russian? Like, what's what's the story there? I don't. She's not Russian. She's not Russian. Okay. She, as far as I can tell. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remain as objective as possible, and I have because she says the most ridiculous things, and I don't want to. I don't want to be. I never go after her accent or anything like of that. Of course, you know, like that's just off limits to of me. Of course. Um, she is Italian born, even though she doesn't sound it. She is. Um, but she worked for Professor Mifsud. Okay. Who I'm sure your listeners are probably aware, but if you want to just give a quick rundown of who oh, um, or no, you you, you give a yeah, rundown. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Please. So Professor yeah. Mifsud is um, a professor originally from Malta. He was Scott's professor at UC <laughs> Irvine. Till <laughs> he's my inside source. No, uh, he was a professor um, originally in Malta, and then went to Italy, and he ran this sort of academic center in London as well that George worked for. In late 2015, early 2016, and then coincidentally, Simona loses her job at the European Parliament, and she goes to work for Professor Mifsud. <laughs> wow. And this is before they have met. Yeah. So, she worked for him for about three months, and now I think, I think I can say this now, it's coming out publicly, okay. or it has been, uh, Mifsud set them up. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He did. He said... Um, <laughs> You know, there's uh, there's this Trump guy coming. I know you don't believe in all the Trump stuff. She was, well, I don't know if it was fake or whatever, but she was like a member of the socialist <laughs> wing of all that. But Wait, I got it. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, M- yeah. Mifsud matchmaker. Yes. I just want to say that. The Mifsud matchmaker. Cool. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> sounds like a podcast name. I'm sorry. Go. You were, you were saying. So, yeah. So he said like, you know, George is coming in to town pretty soon. Uh, I don't know the exact wording, but like you should, you should meet him. And I don't know if they met that time, but mm-hmm. he was the one that like wanted them, wanted them to meet. Wow. Yeah. It's just interesting. Cause okay. Back to the original story. He was the one that originally told George that the Russians had dirt on Hillary Clinton in mm-hmm. the form of thousands of emails. And this was, uh, two months prior to anyone else knowing. Right. So he had the inside knowledge and subsequently we've learned, um, his ties to the Russian government. Um, he claimed, and there's evidence that he was uh, pretty good friends with Sergei Lavrov, the foreign minister of Russia, like right. one of the most powerful people. Does um, it? Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, that's it. You're good. Does anyone know where Mifsud is? Um, I do. Really? Yeah, I can't say though. That's yeah. No, I, I wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And no, I, I I definitely won't ask you. But that's yeah, that's uh, yeah. interesting. He's alive. He's uh, hiding for obvious reasons. Of course. Will you have any reporting on that, or is that maybe eventually? Maybe, okay. But that's not in the not in not in the cards right now. Okay, good. And so basically, they're trying to turn. This is what really pisses me off. They're trying to turn Mifsud into an FBI asset that was there to entrap George. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, yeah, right. Some assistants, former assistants, the FBI worked alongside Mifsud for some time, and he has pictures with you know. State Department officials. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean anything. Like, there's pictures, even, I'll give you an example from the other side. Uh, Maria Butina, the Russian that, you know, infiltrated the NRA, mm-hmm. she has pictures with everyone. That That's doesn't true. mean that everyone she has pictures with is guilty of anything. 
you yeah. know, Rick, Rick Santorum didn't do anything in the Trump Russia scandal. She snapped a picture with him. Like, right. You got to be fair. Right. You got to be fair on that. Just because you have a picture of someone, it's not, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've got a picture happens. of her on my wall. Yeah, but that's, see, there you go. Yeah. But it's it's just her. It's not. Yeah, the FBI is going to come <laughs> come knocking. <laughs> so you you um once the Papadopoulos article had come out, and then what was the next? Was it Trump Tower Moscow after that? Yeah, that was the big transition. Okay. Um, that was brought to my attention by someone I wrote with for a little bit, um, Aaron Lankow, who was looking into a lot of the Russian side of it, like the Russian business mm-hmm. development company. Um, so I partnered with her on a couple articles and then did my own um, recently and about a year ago. Um, and a lot of that was that. That's actually when I got hacked. Oh, um, I don't know if you know. This. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got hacked by someone in Russia. Um, January of 2018, which is, or I'm sorry, December, somewhere in there. Wow. Uh, late 2017, early 2018. Logged into my Gmail one day and it was like, you know, new sign in from Moscow 10 oh. days ago. Wow. Yeah. So, and I have, uh, you know, I've had family in law enforcement for a long time <laughs> and, and friends and stuff. So I went to them and said, you know, what is this? And, um, they said, yeah, this was a sophisticated, I'm like, I'm 21, 22. I'm like, well, how the hell did I get myself into this? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> it was funny at the time when I figured out, like I went online and then the power went out at my house. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> and I don't think it, it's not connected at all, but it was like, good, good God. You, you never know. Yeah. No. So my, uh, my law enforcement friends were saying this was sophisticated because I had all the protections in place already. I sure. had two factor authentication on. Um, and they still got in. Wow. So, yeah, I had to get rid of all my credit cards and uh, start new there. And, yeah. that's, that's probably something, um, yeah, that's something for everybody to think about. But especially yeah. I'm going to think about that stuff. Because I, 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 I was going to say, I knew you took all the precautions and they still got in. Yeah. And I, I, was, I was still a little green. I probably mm. could have done more. Um, mm. That was, yeah, that was my wake-up call, though. Definitely, right. I definitely considered, like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but people found it important, so stick and with it. That's a road that I'm sure. Well, really, anybody who's ever done anything good probably has. But definitely, every I'm sure every journalist, yeah. wh- whoever you know, Woodward and Bernstein, I'm sure we're like absolutely. Or get the Nixon clan on you, and bad things happen. Yeah, I mean, these people are. So yeah, Trump Tower, Moscow. Uh, you want to? I don't know. Maybe run down anything sure. about that. Or, yeah, so like I said, my main focus on Trump Tower Moscow was understanding who these Russians were that signed the deal with Trump and Michael Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the things I looked into and frankly still interested in, because we haven't gotten a definitive answer, is who owns that company? We don't know who owns that company that Trump signed the deal with. We know um, the CEO of the company, a man by the name of Andre Rozov, he's a developer in Moscow. Um, had a couple projects going on at the same time, but nothing to the scale of that. He mm-hmm. had uh, like a residential apartment complex um, that was failing miserably. There's still, I think there's something like 1,600 lawsuits against the company wow. because he took people's money and then just didn't build it. Yeah, it sounds so familiar. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Sounds like someone we know. Once I was looking into him, that's, I don't want to, sure. I shouldn't say that, but uh, okay. the Trump Tower Moscow, when I was looking into that, that's sure. when I got hacked. Um, okay. So yeah, I looked into that company. There's all sorts of shady money going around. A couple weeks after they signed the deal with Trump, um, they got this huge loan from Spurbank in Russia, which is a state-owned Big, big, I think the biggest bank in Russia, but don't quote me on that one. Um, Completely state-owned, and they got a huge loan to the tune of something like $160 million. Wow. Um, And that was three weeks after Trump put his name on that piece of paper. And um, my more recent reporting on that, uh, you have to to say where that money's going to uh, get the money and to spend it. Um, and the way that they laid it out, it was for that big residential complex that they were building, but that only accounted for something like, um, 90 to a hundred million. So there's this missing, (laughs) missing $60 million somewhere, somewhere out there in the world. Right. Um, Yeah. And you know, the implication being 
most likely he the Andre Rozov just pocketed it somewhere. Mm. But that's you know that's high level corruption. That's that needs to be exposed as well. Right. So it's this guy who is just. I don't know. It just almost sounds like a front man or something, and then all of a sudden, yes, yeah, that's yeah, my. You, I mean, that's you think that yeah. was my theory at the beginning. Uh, yeah, it's still a possibility, but he, yeah, he's a shady character. He's known Sater for a long time. I see. Yeah, right. So the Trump Tower Moscow deal, which which <laughs> is a collusion or whatever. I mean, it's I, maybe not conspiracy by the law, but I think aspects of that are going to be we're not going to see tomorrow in the in the report because okay. i think they've been farmed out yeah like for example the um buzzfeed broke buzzfeed was amazing on that story by the way mm-hmm. leopold and cormier yep um they broke the story that uh cohen and Sater uh had this idea to give putin the 50 million dollar penthouse for free in the trump tower moscow um and cohen actually told that to the kremlin when he had that call um, with the Kremlin official. Right. Um, so possible bribery. Um, and I think that's something that Mueller might have not felt that he was in the position to charge. Hmm. Um, I think he was very cognizant of not going out of his scope of Russian interference in the 2016 election. Hmm. So I think that's probably something that might have been farmed out. Interesting. Yeah. So, But, but if it doesn't result in any charges... Um, besides the Cohen lying to Congress about it, um, it's shady and it's unethical. Yeah. And yeah. you can argue it's aiding and abetting what they were doing. I mean, they, they hacked Clinton. Right. And um, they were certainly supporting Trump with, with all they had. And at the same time, he was he was looking to get rich. Yeah. I mean, it, it's to me, I, I mean, just speaking for myself, that's impeachable right there. You lied. Yeah. You said you had no deals. You did have deals. You lied. You can't lie if you're the. <laughs> you can't be the president and tell that kind of lie. Exactly. That's just the way it is. And it's one of ten thousand that he told. So, so uh, since you brought up the Mueller report, and we, I'm going to do my best to get this up. It's like you can't move fast enough. Like I was on a, some other guy's radio show yesterday. I'm talking about this, and then I'm planning for this, and then I'm like, oh, the Mueller report's going to drop. Morning. I'm like, can I get? Some, can we get some sleep? Yeah. Can. Well, no, not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think my plan is get the report. Okay. And go in the woods. <laughs> okay. And just read it. Yeah. Because the Twitter yet Twitter tomorrow is going to be a cesspool. It's going to be awful. Yeah. You want to read the 400 pages and then digest it for a little bit and figure out. Any thoughts on what we might see or it's going to be tough. Um, I think, well, yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of evidence of obstruction. Okay. I think the obstruction side of it's going to be huge, um, especially because Barr couldn't even flower that language. She was just the one that said, nah, no obstruction. Yeah. yeah. Which is insane that that's not talked about. Yeah. He got this job by writing a letter saying the president can't really obstruct justice. Yeah. Essentially, that's what it was saying. Yeah. And then he along with Rosenstein, who's involved in the main event of obstruction, firing Comey. Yeah, you're right. They were the two men that said, nah, the president didn't commit a felony. That's insane. That's, that should have been to Congress. That, that's, you're right. It is insane. Mm-hmm. And now it's coming out that Barr also, uh, he's, you know, I guess even going back to the 80s, he he's, was uh, what I would describe as a, a cover-up artist. It might be a little yeah. harsh. Yeah. Stonewaller. Yeah, a stonewaller. Yep. Has anyone, uh, I've been wondering, has anyone covered how, I, I know he wrote the memo to audition, but mm-hmm. it seems like there's a story behind that. This guy's been out the game for a while. How did he get this I don't job? know. I don't, I don't think there's been reporting on that. Um, he, I know, I was looking it up the other day. He was on Fox News a couple times. He was? In 2017, um, talking about like steel dossiers, garbage. Huh, and really? Trump might have seen, seen some of that. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So he was watching TV. So tomorrow you uh, so you're gonna go off in the woods, huh? Yeah, woods probably being like a park by my house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do we have, do we know when it might drop? What time or in the morning? The morning. Yeah. Okay. So probably I don't know. I'll be up at five just just to be safe. Hmm. Even uh, though I was up at four thirty today. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, I got a pretty packed day, and then um, after that, moving into your book. So 
Uh, Can I say one more thing about the report? No, say, yeah. Um, The main thing that I'm looking for, and I think people should look for, is what's not in it. Um, Not only the redactions, which I hope are minimal. um, I mean, Congress should have had the full report a month Mm. ago without any redactions or anything. Yeah. That's I don't understand how that didn't happen. Not not Congress as a whole, but the you know House Intel. Of course. Why don't they have the report? It makes I, no sense. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but for the public side of things, redact sources and methods. We don't need to be seeing that. Um, redact. Uh, I mean, there should have been a move to to get the grand jury material, which mm. Barr hasn't done. Um, but yeah, you got to protect people that are helping the United States and, do, and and stuff like that. Do you think that they, Mueller or his team, kept a copy of this report just in case? I mean, I know that's just... Probably. Yeah. I mean, we know some of them are mad with the way that Barr's handling it, so... Because I'm just like, please, like, I'm... There's, you'll never be more of a patriot than re- releasing this report to a journalist, like, send it to Scott, <laughs> first of all. Because then, just, just, that's what you need to do. Yeah. yeah. But if not, if it's not Scott, send it to somebody... Who can get it out there? Send it to Natasha. Natasha. That'd yeah. be great. Or, yes, Natasha. Or just, just we have to see this. I mean, it's like... We have to see it. We need it. to see it. We have to see it. It's been two years, three years, if you want to go back to the original FBI. It's time to see it. <laughs> we paid for it. Let's right. see it. It's, it's our report. Yeah. Uh, Scott, after Trump uh, Tower, it was the next focus, the NRA. Is mm-hmm. that... Was that your next thing? Yeah, I was balancing a few things at that point. Like, there's a lot coming in. Um, but the NRA, my focus there was, I had a couple sources actually in the NRA, uh, former, that um, really described the relationship between Maria Butina, the young Russian, and Alexander Torshin. Um, and I got a hold of a handwritten letter from then NRA, I think he was president at the time, David Keene. Um, to Alexander Torshin in 2011. I got a hold of that letter, and it said, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but it basically just said, we'll help you in whatever you want to do. We loved having you at the convention. Um, you know, let us know can, if you need anything. Can, can I just even, like, just pause to say how, what he did, what Scott just said, how insane that the president of the NRA yeah. is having that interaction with the head of the Russian government, a country with no gun culture. It's all a sham. The whole gun movement in Russia, it's entire sham. Right, it's fake. It's fake, because who has guns in Russia? No, nobody. Putin Putin does. And a lot of these people, come on, a lot of these people aren't in it for the guns. Maybe the the Americans certainly are. Sure. The NRA's, well, hopefully soon dead, but um, they're in it for the long haul. Yes, they're in it for the long haul. And like the Trump team, they were willing to partner with anyone to... To spread that message. And they were also the biggest spenders um, to help Trump. One of the great mysteries I have, maybe you can ask this, did the these trips that made no sense where the NRA is bringing over this bizarre collection, did that attract the attention of U.S. intelligence? And if so, did they do anything? Or uh, I would assume so, only because I know that Butina was on the radar for years. And so they were probably um, they were probably tracking her pretty, pretty closely. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but certainly the media didn't pick up on on that trip until after the election. Mm. Um, there might have been a, a piece in the Daily Beast or two, but that whole entire trip is super interesting. It was the same week as Michael Flynn being there for the Russia Today dinner, uh-huh. sitting right next to Putin. Um, Jill Stein was there, oh, who course. I think is super interesting. I think there's more to that story. Um, so that same week, you have Michael Flynn, you have Jill Stein, you have uh, Sheriff David Clark, you have the NRA president, the NRA donors, yeah. all in Moscow, of right. all places. And, you know, they're hobnobbing with <laughs> a couple of the pictures I got from, from one of my stories is like uh, David, Cl- David Clark holding a glass of whiskey, like mm. toasting, to, uh, toasting to the Russians that were hosting the event. That's Perfect. Like, what, dude, what are you doing? You're a sheriff in mm. Milwaukee. Yeah. No yeah. business being in Russia. You really can't make that up, huh? No. And the people that they were with, it's like, God, Deputy Prime Minister of Russia. It's like right. this was obviously a, <laughs> a right. well-thought-out thing from the Russian side of, of you know, the yeah. Russian viewpoint. It's like, who can we get here? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and they actually paid for a lot of it. Butina paid for Sheriff Clark's flights and hotels and everything. Oh, good. 
and Good. of course Erickson. We know we know about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sixty-year-olds, uh, n- not good-looking man <laughs> with a twenty-eight-year-old's Russian redhead. <laughs> Be- beauty is in the eye. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's an interesting. Ca- yeah, I mean it's it's just I I keep coming back to well it's 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 kind of a big picture question, but I've been asking it since it started. There's been in my lifetime two major catastrophic failures to protect the American people, September 11th and this. And I still don't understand how all these things were going on and no one, I know people did their best, but I still don't understand why at least someone wasn't letting the American public know. For example, hey, the guy who's running for president just hired Paul Manafort, an international criminal with five passports. Like, why didn't they protect us? I think Chris Steele is trying to do that. Yeah. But the media didn't listen. I mean, his Yeah. We can talk about the dossier a little bit. It's it's mostly accurate. I think we can all say that by now. But there's some mess ups in there. Like sure. um especially when you look at things sourced to Kremlin officials. I I tend to believe that misinformation got into that document. Yeah. I think there you know, it's totally a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um like Cohen Prague, for example. I don't think we're going to find that that was true. Mm. Um, so, yes, yeah, the steel, super important. He was the one that, you know, ringing the bell at the, you know, mid-2016 saying, why is Carter Page flying to Moscow and meeting with all these people? Yeah. And why is there this huge effort to help Trump? Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, the media kind of dropped the ball. There's a few reports, David Korn, obviously, with the the first report on the steel documents, but that was late. And a lot of it too is it was secret. I mean, all these meetings were secret. Yeah. Um, it's hard to hard to uncover in real time. These these investigations take forever. No, I think Steele is uh, look the guy's a patriot. I mean, he's yeah. it's ironic he's not even American and he's more of a patriot than uh, all these sordid characters that you just were yeah. talking about. And people forget people that like to talk badly about Steele. They forget all that he did prior to the dossier. Mm-hmm. He took down the FIFA corruption scandal. Like he was, he was the main guy that did that. He was the head of the Russia branch um, for British intelligence for years and years and years and years. This is a legit guy. This isn't like you know a computer analyst at the FBI, right? Not to <laughs> no, no, totally. not to denigrate, but like this is this is like the equivalent of you know not quite John Brennan, but like someone right under him. I mean, he was the head guy for Russia for British intelligence. Um, so right. he, knew, he knew his shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he used sources that, I mean, this, and he said himself, he's like, it's not going to be all true. It's, it's raw intelligence, right. and that's what he was, that's, you know, that's what he was hired to do, is g- collect intelligence. It's up, up to people to confirm it or not. There's a particularly, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a chilling part of that dossier somewhere where it says that Trump and Russia have a relationship going back far. I mean, five or eight years, I think he mentioned an intelligence exchange. I think that was the, I could be wrong, but I, do you have any thoughts on that or is that, I mean, it's possible. Um, I I think he probably worded it wrongly. You think? I mean, we have the 2013 pageant, obviously in Moscow, the Miss universe pageant, um, the P tape special, (laughs) which also first, if we're talking honesty here, I think the compromise side of things is a hundred times more likely than an agreement between the Trump and Russia, you know, Trump campaign and Russia. Trump has been going to Russia for 30 plus years. And one of his first trips was organized by Russian intelligence. I mean, come on, he's, he's filmed somewhere doing something. He's on audio somewhere. Oh yeah. There's no way it's a, it's an intelligence state and he's been there multiple times and leaves with no, business deals <laughs> yeah so and also like a lot that i write in the book is not uh yes it's about collusion quote-unquote collusion but it's also about how how compromised the entire team was like for example the trump tower meeting uh with vessel nitskaya and the hillary dirt people like to look at that and say um oh the trump team was willing to accept and eager to accept help Yes, that's true. But also, as soon as Don Jr. sent that email saying, yeah, I love it, you know, let's get to it, I love it, he was compromised. 
Right. He was completely compromised because the Russians had something over his head at that time. Could you imagine if, you know, October 2016, it comes out that, you know, all the senior members of the Trump campaign met with the Russian government to get dirt on Hillary? Right. That would have been huge. Yeah. That would have had, you know, he won by 10,000 votes in those three states. That yeah. You're telling me that story might not have flipped those 10,000? Come on. And we, I, I have, I still have suspicions about even not ten thousand, ninety thousand, something like that. But it was, it was a. You're correct. It was a very small. Yes. Uh, to to alter an entire the the world as we know it. Yeah. It it, and I still question even. Now we're finding out that they got into supposedly all fifty states or something to that effect. So sometimes I find myself even questioning. How how do I know they didn't change votes? I mean they. Yep. I think it's you got to be careful though. Yeah. I mean, there's no evidence right now yeah. that they they got into voter registration systems in a few states um, that weren't weren't swing states. But that's very concerning to me, um, especially with 2020. If they were able to get into voter registration uh, lists in Ohio or in Michigan, Pennsylvania, that'd be a huge problem if they take you know. 300,000 people off the rolls that are going to vote for whoever the Dem nominee is. Yeah. That's huge. And we haven't done a damn thing about it. And it's here. Yeah. We're campaigning already. It's here. The campaign is here. And just like I did that Reddit thing the other day, yesterday. Yeah. The AMA on Reddit. The I, amount of bots. It was unbelievable. I responded to one. Yeah, go ahead. The same message over and over. Yeah. And it's like, good God, here they are again. And we haven't done anything about it. It, I, it was funny. Some guy said, it might have been an, a real person, but I wouldn't be surprised. But he said, yeah. he said, you know, I, he's like, I'd like your book a lot more if you covered like the both sides. And I, I responded, yeah. I was like, it's not, it's not Scott's fault that most of the grift happens to be on one side. That's, that has nothing to do with you. Yes. And my, my focus is the Russia investigation. Right. I'm not, I'm happy to criticize Dems, by the way. <laughs> sure. I'm happy to do that. And I've done it on Twitter a million times. Um, for example, Democrats took money from Len Blavatnik, who made uh, his money on Russian oil business and is close to all the top Russians. Um, people like to point to him and say Mitch McConnell got money. Well, so did the DCCC. Um, right. Yes, he changed his patterns a lot in 2016 to donate to more de- uh, Republicans. But, I mean... You got to criticize both sides if you're going to be on that issue. Yeah, that just the whole both sides thing just made me laugh. I was like, yeah. it's not if if Trump took the Mosk the Trump whatever Trump Moscow Tower, and then you have like a lower level Democrat who did it. Like, it's not Scott's job to put yeah. them together in his book. Yeah, that's it's not a well, it's not a both sides thing. It's like not. you said, there there is a, there's all this crap on one side, and. Um, you know, I'm happy to look into, like, there's a Joe Biden. His son works for a uh, big U- Ukrainian company hmm. that's in bed with all these bad people, <laughs> Hunter Biden. And wow. he makes millions from that business. So I think that's something that needs to be brought to light if if Biden's going to run. Like, that, I'm, I'm happy to do that stuff. But um, the book and my research has been about Trump Russia. So that's that's what you're going to get yeah. get with it. Yeah, these trolls are, uh, I mean... I guess that's it's a, whatever I laugh at most yeah. of them. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's part of the. It's, I mean, I was uh, like it or not, I was on the front page of Reddit. So there you go. There's so many comments from half supporters, half trolls. Like, like, hey, if more people see my name, I'm happy with it. Like this chain, the entertainment business. You know, any press, there's there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, yeah, all press is good press. That's what people have been trying to get me to have. Like, um, I don't know. They want me to have like some like right wing type characters on here and i'm like i'm really mixed because i don't want this to turn into like cable news crossfire but yeah i do know that if one of those people gets in my crosshairs it's going to be awesome and it's not going to be awesome for them it's, it's <laughs> yeah, just I not mean, you just got to find someone that's like respectful yeah there's people involved in the trump press story they're respectful um like <sighs> rob goldstone might be a good interview yeah since I you brought him up he he messaged me today and like really? congrats on the book. He's a nice guy. Yeah. I think he just got caught up in a lot of shit. You and, do. And made bad choices too. Um definitely made bad choices by representing the yeah, Agalarovs, but eh, seems like a decent guy. I don't know. There's a lot of guys that got caught up in it, I think, that are You, you know. brought you brought up the uh the Don Jr. email and then 
um, where he was compromised. And then I remember that Paul Erickson sent an email titled Kremlin Connection. That's right. Is that intentional? I mean, that's that's almost too much. Like it is. I think a lot of these. Yeah, <laughs> Come it's, on. yeah, yeah. Trump. What was it? Yeah, like Trump. <laughs> Trump Kremlin Dude, back channel. It, you use the word back channel. Like, it's like oh, an damn. it's like an Onion article. Like if it was the Onion, it'd be like uh, free money for like I don't know. Just yeah, something outrageous. Will yeah, pres- will elect you president. Dot, yeah. dot com. I don't know. Yeah, that's what Sater did too with the uh, Trump Tower Moscow deal. It's like you know. He's e- emailing Cohen, we can get Trump to be president with this deal. He's yeah. another one that like bigs himself up all the time. So you don't know if he's tr- trying to sound important or can he actually make Trump the president <laughs> based on the people he knows in Russia? Yeah, and then I just have like one or two more things. But since you brought that up, that you cover the part of the book that I didn't know anything about this guy, mm-hmm. Konstantin Rykov. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, can you tell us about that? Konstantin Rykov, yeah, he is um, dubbed the godfather of the Russian internet. He was the one in the 90s, late 90s, that kind of took over everything on the internet. He had everything from political websites to porn to anything. Um, Huge, huge Putin supporter, rumors that he's paid by the Kremlin. He's worked directly under Putin's underlings. his main job is to be a propagandist. Hmm. He pushes the message. He pushes the United Russia line. Um, and he's damn good at his job. Um, I'll give him that. But there's a series of Facebook posts that he did in, um, right after the election, a few days, basically it, it, it reads like a fairy tale fiction story, but it's, it's him basically saying, uh, I, I worked alongside Cambridge Analytica and the Russian hackers and WikiLeaks to help get Trump elected. Yeah, he was describing now, almost like a movie plot. I exactly. Mean, is that a? I was I was looking. I was like wondering if the guy is that. What do you think about that? Is it credible? I mean, so the credibility question is interesting because he is a propagandist, hmm. right? He wants he wants that discord between. <laughs> um, but you look at he he was a politician. He was in the state Duma for which is their their equivalent of I think the House mm-hmm. House of Reps. Um, he was in Putin's party for four or five years um, in government. Continues to advise them. Um, he was the one in France that sort of put together uh, Marine Le Pen in France was running for president, and she got a bunch of Russian loans from Russian banks. He was the intermediary that set all that up hmm. because he has a place in, in France and he was the go-between. Okay. So he's done that before. Okay. So that adds to the credibility of his words. Um, what I can say is he made those posts for a reason. You know, hmm. whether they're true or not, probably not. <laughs> right. I don't think he was talking to Assange all the time and working with Cambridge. Hmm. No. Um, but was he involved in the in the troll effort? Perhaps. Um and he, he's a credible human being hmm. in terms of he knows people and he's trusted by Putin. Right. But, um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't take his words at face value, but it was certainly amazing to read. Yeah, it was, posts. it was right after the election. I, w- I almost found myself wondering, you know, I mean, maybe the guy had a couple of drinks and just let it fly. Like Maybe. He had this big election party <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of people in Russia. Um, so maybe. So two more. Well, I just want to ask you two more things. One, uh, is there any, if, if there's one thing that you want people to know about this story that maybe you either haven't gotten to talk about on other shows or is there one thing about the Trump Russia story you think people need to know? My go-to answer is Psy Group. Okay. And it's not, it, it might end up not being even Russia related, but I present evidence in this book that there's certainly Russian money involved in the corporate structure of Psy Group, which is allegedly an Israeli company and staffed by former um, Israeli intelligence officials. Um, but that whole story is so interesting, man, and people don't know about it. Um, there was the one one New York Times story and a few a few follow ups, um, but there were you know this guy Joel Zamel is offering the Trump campaign help and. Um, help in the form of something eerily similar to what the Russians did with fake news, bots, all this supporting Trump. 
and the biggest thing for me is like look at the money right look at where the money went went george nader who most of your listeners are probably familiar with he's a friend of the saudi government he's a friend of the uae government knows the uh, leaders there quite well also a convicted pedophile who (laughs) somehow had access to yeah access to trump during the election the people that's good god Anyway, he paid um, he paid Joel Zamel of Psy Group $2 million after the election, and we don't know why. There's conflicting stories. Some people say that Psy Group did actually do an effort to help Trump. Uh, we have the plans that they offered. That, that's public info. Incredible documents mm. that people should, should really take a look at. It's like five pages of how this social media group can help Trump win and hurt Hillary. It's, it's incredible to look at. But you have that $2 million payment after the election that I want to know about. <laughs> yeah. You don't give someone $2 million. And George Nader doesn't have $2 million to give mm-hmm. in the first place. So that's someone else's money, and we don't know why it happened. So that's the big story that I'm interested in um, as of now. And, and I think we'll learn more about that, not in the Mueller report tomorrow, probably, but in you know SDNY or wherever, mm. uh, wherever took that case. Just one more question. What do you think, uh, ordin- like, this whole what's happened has transformed you into a, uh investigative journalist yeah. and me into doing a podcast? What can every American do to fight the spread of the totalitarianism that's descending on this country right now? What do you, th- what do you think? A couple things. One, I'll give you the obvious answer. Find a candidate that's honest. Find a candidate that tells the truth. Um. And do what you can, you know, um, a lot of these, a lot of the numbers are like, for example, the candidates running now donate a dollar because the individual donations are helpful. Those are important numbers. Donate a dollar and, you know, post on Facebook. It helps. It certainly helps tell friends. Um, and as Democrats, I certainly learned this the hard way. I'm not a registered Democrat, but Mm. I vote democratic usually. Mm. Um, nearly all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to come together at the end. Yep. If it's, you know, yep. I'm not a huge Joe Biden fan. If it's Biden, I'm voting for it and I'm, and I'm helping. Right. You know, you got it. Yeah. We have to do it this time. Right. Whether it's, it's probably going to be Trump. There's an off chance he's impeached. Mm. If it's Trump or Pence, you know, we got to fall in line. Right. Democrats are, the difference with differences between us are ridiculously small compared right. to, you know, the authoritarian government that we have in place now. Right. And also, secondly, um, not just myself, but support good independent journalism. Amen. Um, I think, you know, the structure of journalism now, I talk about this a little bit in the book and in my preface. Um, it's broken. You know, it's it's not fake news, but it's broken. Mm. Uh, people don't want to... You should never have to pay to see news articles, in my mind. Like, yep. free press, yes, that means free to talk about anything you want without any consequences. Mm-hmm. But also I think it means free in terms of you don't have to pay to read what's going on in the world. Like there has to be, there is a better way to do it. First of all, mm. like the guardian relies on donations. Mm. They're doing pretty damn well. Yeah. They break good stories. Great stories. Um, Patreon, I think is going to be big mm. in the future. Yeah, it is now it's going to be big in the future. Um, so I'd like to see, I'm advising a company called logos right now. Oh, cool. Uh, completely decentralized news, sort of like a medium, competitor okay a little bit not not directly in competition um but they allow you to rate the bias of articles um if your credentials like you can link your linkedin so if you're uh if you have a degree in a certain topic you're bumped up because you're um, you're valid to speak on the topic Mm -hmm. so they have a, a really cool system going it's not launched to the public yet but i think supporting independent journalists like that um, is going to be the future in terms of, you know, if you like something you read, support the journalist, not necessarily the huge news court behind them, even though that it, that's also valuable. Right, because the big problem is, too, fake news is free, and that's the problem. Yep, and, man, it's hard to detect. <laughs> yeah. I fall for it. You know, I'm going to say it. I fell for it in 2016 totally. We all have at one point. And it's, yeah, it, it's hard, but keep an eye keep an eye out for it and you start to notice patterns and uh block block and report <laughs> block and report the scott steadman story yeah no but also also <laughs> one thing engage with people that are reasonable yeah 
there are people that are reasonable on social media and in my view go on fox news like yeah it's a shitty organization yeah spreads propaganda but there are i have family that watches fox news sure. like it's you gotta respect that yeah you don't have to respect fox news fox news as an institution at all you have to respect that some of the population that watches fox news yeah they're decent people they have they have open minds to sure. some things. So if you go go on there, you know, do a town hall. Yeah. Screw it. Say say your truth in, in the town hall and maybe you'll change, you know, may, even if it's a hundred minds. Who cares? Yeah. You know, you got to be willing to engage as long as it's not a lot of it is coming from a place of malice. You ignore that. But but there are people out there, you know, give it a shot. Engage. Yeah. It's called. I mean, look, Bernie Sanders did it. That's being viewed as a raging success. I, I think it was. You know, I'm yeah. not. Not a huge Bernie fan. Uh, he's not my number one choice, but I think that was a great move. Yeah. Go on Fox News. He, he, he saw the applause he got. Like, people are... Um, look at the polls. Yeah. Uh, look at the polls. 90% of people want expanded background checks. Right. That's, that's 200 and something million people. <laughs> it's, it's, there's, there's another, it's called leadership. That's, leadership is putting yourself out there in the world, and if people don't like you, then they don't like you, but that's... Yeah. That's how you win elections. And that's, you know, people look for integrity. If you're saying the same thing you are to Fox as you are to MSNBC, it means you believe in something and uh, you stick to the facts, right? You stick to the facts and, and you can't go wrong, really. Amen. Scott Stedman, the book is called Real News. It's at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, everywhere, right? Walmart, Target, a bunch of support your uh, local independent bookstore. Support, amen to yeah. that too. Support your local independent bookstore. Uh, Scott, if they want to follow you, uh, just on Twitter for now. Yeah. Scott M. Stedman on Twitter. Um, maybe, maybe a couple announcements here in the next couple months, uh, with regards to my next steps, but we'll see where it takes me. If you want to come back anytime, I would love to, man. That'd be cool. Totally. Oh, open door. Um, you can follow us at Muller Time Pod. Uh, my personal account is Eric Levay, E-R-I-C-L-E-V-A-I. I'll give you guys a shout out too after this. Oh, awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Thank you so much. And tomorrow is the Mueller report. It's the big day. The big- <laughs> Try and get as much rest as I can. But <laughs> yeah, me and me and you both. Yeah. All right, folks. We will. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening. Follow Forensic News on Twitter at Forensic Newsnet. Counterintelligence is at Intel Pod. My personal account is Eric Levay. Support Forensic News on Patreon. Subscribe to Counterintelligence everywhere you listen to podcasts. This is Eric Levay, and this is Counterintelligence.